This episode is sponsored by Code Health. Code connects healthcare providers to the largest community of medical coding professionals in the country with over 4,600 domestic certified coders. As a single stop for all coding needs, Code's on-demand model has solved for daily staffing challenges and coding inefficiencies by allowing providers to access the right coder at the right time while gaining insights to better manage their coding operations. To learn more about Code, visit CodeHealth.com, that's K-O-D-E Health.com, or email Code directly at partnerships at CodeHealth.com. Since the 1950s, American television watchers have loved a good medical drama, and no show has been so popular as ER, which ran from 1994 to 2009 on NBC. According to a March article in the Boston Globe, the show, featuring the lives and loves of physicians and staff at a Chicago hospital, is enjoying a new surge in popularity now that all 331 episodes are available for streaming on Hulu. The emergency department of a real hospital is usually a little less dramatic, but there's no doubt that emotions and stress run high. In today's episode of Voices in Healthcare Finance, we'll be talking about what finance leaders and staff can do to quell some of that stress. In the newest installment of our Revenue Cycle series, we'll be talking with John Dzulovich at Pittsburgh's St. Clair Hospital about what the patient financial conversation looks like in the emergency department. And later, we'll discuss changes in emergency department payment policies by health plans and government payers. But first, here's Rich Daly with the news. This is Rich Daly, senior writer and editor for HFMA, with your news headlines on healthcare finance, policy, and practice. On October 3rd, members of Congress were urged to make legislative rule changes to Medicare's accountable care organizations. Those included moving to a benchmark methodology similar to one used in Medicare Advantage. The senators were also urged to end statutory requirements that rural providers and ACOs take on, quote, meaningful risk and eliminate regional benchmarks for rural providers seen as effectively punishing them. In other news, Medicare's physician compensation system, which went into effect over the last couple of years, was named the most burdensome by 88% of physician practices in a recent national poll by the Medical Group Management Association, or MGMA. An MGMA official said the result underscored the frustration of practices with the current value-based payment options. And finally, deductibles among all people with employer-sponsored insurance increased by an average of 11% from 2017 to 2018. That was according to a national survey by the Kaiser Family Foundation. The survey also found the share of such workers and their family members enrolled in high-deductible health plans reached 29% in 2018. That tied a previous record high enrollment in such plans. For more detail on these stories and other daily news updates in healthcare finance, check out our website at hfma.org forward slash news. As I record this, it's about two weeks from my due date. My overnight bag is packed, I've got someone lined up to watch my kids when I go into labor, and I've pre-registered at the hospital so all my information is in the system before I arrive. Most of the time, this is how pregnancy goes. You have months to plan and get ready. 
But not every hospital visit is like that, which became clear just a few days ago when my husband fell down some stairs and sprained his ankle, changing our evening plans from a pleasant summer picnic to a trip to the emergency department. Inevitably, the ride to the hospital consisted of talk about copays and deductibles in between winces and yelps of pain, and I'd be willing to bet many other people have similar conversations en route to the emergency department. We've heard a lot in the last few years about how patients are paying more attention to the cost of their care now that they're taking on a greater share. But when an emergency occurs, there isn't time to do research or make too many decisions, so the patient financial conversation inevitably looks different. Today, I'll be talking to John Dzulovich, the Director of Patient Financial Services at St. Clair Hospital in Pittsburgh, about what that conversation should look like in the emergency department and throughout the hospital when the unexpected occurs. The financial conversation in the emergency department, it differs greatly from a patient that is scheduled for a visit, and we would have a financial conversation possibly days before their scheduled visit. In the emergency room, patients are very anxious. They're here for urgent or emergent care, and their first priority is to be seen and to get the issue resolved that they're here for. Second of all, we have Impala, but we have Impala that we have to follow throughout the hospital, more so in the emergency room. And in Impala, the guidelines state that patients have to be assessed before any type of financial information is obtained from the patient. So based on the guidelines of Impala, and we want to make it a patient-friendly atmosphere for our patients who are anxious, we wait until the patient is seen, and we have registrars that will go to the emergency room, uh, the actual rooms themselves, and they will then interview the patient after they've been assessed and seen by the doctor and the nurse. At that time, we'll collect insurance information, and then we'll tell the patient or inform the patient that we'll be back. We just have to complete and check on their insurance and their benefit information, and then we'll be back to provide them with some additional information. While the doctor is finishing their clinical assessment and treatment of the patient, we confirm insurance information, benefit information, and then we're able to inform the patient what their copay is due at the time of service. And the copay is the only thing that we collect in the emergency room because that is the only element of their benefits that is certain at that time. And that's one of the reasons why in the emergency room, we wait until the patient is ready to be discharged home and then we talk about their copay at that time. For those patients that aren't going to be discharged home, but may be possibly be placed in observation or may need to be admitted to an inpatient unit, the nursing staff will inform patient access that they are going to be placed into a bed, either in observation or on the inpatient floor. And there is no discussion in the emergency room for those patients that may have any type of patient responsibility due based on their observation or inpatient visit. That discussion happens closer to the time of discharge, either from observation or from discharge as an inpatient from St. Clair Hospital. And for those patients that are admitted, we have financial associates that will 
go to the room and they'll provide them with more detailed explanation in terms of their inpatient benefits as well as explain to them that there is a copay, there is a coinsurance or a deductible that would be due. And again, explain to the patient that it is only an estimate But we do offer prompt pay, as I said, discounts for point-of-service payments or payments that are made prior to patients going home and on the day of discharge for those inpatients. So at that time, the financial associates will answer their questions and then give them instructions in terms of how they can make their payment at the cashier's office while they're departing from the hospital. One strategy St. Clair has adopted is to offer patients a 12% point-of-service discount. When emergency department registrars inform patients about their copays, they invite those patients to take advantage of the discount by making a payment before leaving. Dzulovich says many patients who are familiar with the process proactively visit the payment office. Keeping up with trends in consumerism and disruptive innovation is critical to improving health outcomes and your organization's financial performance. The good news is you don't have to face these challenges alone. At this year's Revenue Cycle Conference, you'll collaborate on key takeaways and come away with strategies and tactics to make your organization's revenue cycle more accurate, efficient, and patient-focused. Register now at hfma.org rcc and join us in Denver October 21st through the 23rd. And now it's time for Fast Five. Today, five ways hospitals and health systems can mitigate the risk of denials in the emergency department. Cite a high-quality differential diagnosis that justifies medical decisions. Avoid nonspecific ICD-10 codes. Expand clinical documentation programs into the emergency department care setting. Ensure coders and billers have knowledge of insurer-specific rules and requirements. Challenge or appeal unfair denials. These tips come from Tyler Williams of PayerLogic and Weaver Hickerson of Lightspeed Technology Group. You can read their recent blog post on this topic at hfma.org slash hfmblog. Voices in Healthcare Finance is produced by the Healthcare Financial Management Association and written and hosted by Erica Grotto. The news segment is written and recorded by Rich Daly. Sound editing is by Blake Chamley. HFMA's president and CEO is Joe Pfeiffer. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. And don't forget to tell a friend or colleague if you like what you're hearing. If you're a healthcare provider with a story to share, or if you'd just like to get in touch with our team, you can email us at podcast at hfma.org.